0: well thank you Peter you know it's uh we are blessed as a church aren't we uh, to uh, have so many people who are who are talented who are gifted uh, so that um, when someone steps away that we have others who can fill in um, it's just a great thing well if you came here this morning expecting uh, expecting to see Tom sorry surprise you got his mini me well Maybe smarter, a little bit better looking, but <laughs> happy Father's Day. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I am blessed. Uh, my middle son, Micah, came to see me this weekend. I have three sons. Um, <clears throat> they are all at the college slash career age, so whenever I get to see them, it's a special treat for me, And but I wish you a happy Father's Day. Let me just say, fathers... If I see you playing with your flashlights during service, I will call you by name. (laughs) I am glad you're here this morning. Um, I'm glad just to see your face, but I'm really glad because, you know, uh, Tom told me that when the cat's away, the mice will play. And from what I heard, you know, Donna usually comes and counts the number of people that we have here in service each Sunday, but from what I hear today, she's taking names of everyone who's not here, and you are going to get a special visit um, by Pastor Tom when he returns, so I'm glad you're here. If you will, turn in your Bibles this morning to John chapter 5, and I'll tell you what, I'm gonna take this out, you know, you know, it's bad when the preacher doesn't even want to hear himself, so You know in life We all have challenges to face And it starts very young, you know, even as kids we're born too short too tall too chubby too skinny someone else is always Faster than us, smarter than us, more popular than us. But even as adults, we're either too young, too old, too inexperienced, too overqualified, too busy, or maybe too alone. Sometimes it's a little bit more serious. Maybe we carry the baggage of uh, being abused in some unfair way we worry about how we are going to pay our bills we grieve over the loss of someone close to us we agonize over a rebellious child but you see we all experience disappointments and failures which are often beyond our control we get frustrated we get angry we get impatient at the way that life has treated us at the circumstances that sometimes just seem to keep rolling in wave after wave after wave. We, we may even become resentful. We might become bitter. We might become just really
1: complacent. Apathetic.
0: Just whatever will be, will be. You know, we have that saying today. Well, it is what it is. There are others who seem to have it all together on the outside, but on the inside, really, we're wondering why life seems so empty and so meaningless. And maybe we can't quite put our finger on it, but we know something deep inside is missing. Then for others of us, I suspect that we are so used to our predictable, safe pattern of living that we become just unaware that there is more to which God is calling us to. We get so accustomed to the familiar day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. It all blends together, and we we fail to realize the difference between really living and simply existing. We can become that way as a church body, mulled down by past hurts, past disappointments, our status can become quo, and we fail to recognize the sickness that's in our souls. But somewhere inside, there's this gnawing. There's this yearning. We know there has to be more to life than just this. The, we, 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 there's, a, there's a hope in there, however faint, that that things might might be able to really change that that we might be able to really change and overcome these things that that hold us back from from being what God really wants us to be in our text today Jesus faces just such a man a man who had suffered an incredible disability for most if not all of his life it seems like he he had gotten somewhat used to his his condition But there's still this small sliver of hope, a hope for change, a hope for wholeness. And as as Jesus confronts this man, he gives us three principles concerning true change, three principles for drawing on God's power to bring wholeness into our lives, bringing healthiness, bringing true change. Let's read together in John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. After these, uh, I'm sorry, in tradition, let's stand for the reading of God's word if you are able. After these things, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porticos. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick blind lame and withered waiting for the moving of the waters for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water whoever then first after the stirring up of the water stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted and a certain man was there who had been 38 years in his sickness When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been a long time in that condition, he said to him, do you wish to get well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, arise, take up your pallet and walk. And immediately the man became well and took up his pallet and began to walk. Now it was the Sabbath on that day. Therefore the Jews were saying to him who was cured, it is the Sabbath and it is not permissible for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, he who made me well was the one who said to me, take up your pallet and walk. They asked him, who is this man who said to you, take up your pallet and walk? But he who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away while there was a crowd in that place. And afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore, so that nothing worse may befall you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, I thank you this morning that it is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide soul and spirit. And Father... I pray this morning that as your word goes forth father, I just stand on the promise that it will accomplish the purpose for which it is being sent this morning. And father, I pray that you would show yourself strong on behalf of this group of people this morning. Father, if there is anyone here who does not know you through Jesus Christ and trusting him for salvation, God, that today would be the day. Father, I pray for your people who are called by your name. God, that today you, there might be a pulling down of strongholds, those things that have been keeping us from a full life in you. Father, draw us all to yourself this morning, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Whatever pain that we carry in this life, it might seem a little bit insignificant compared to this story. This man had been an invalid for 38 years. Now, we don't know the cause of his suffering. We just know that for a long time, he had been unable to do most of the things that you and I take for granted. But there was this sliver of hope. He took his, his place among those others who shared the same plight. And they gathered at this pool in Bethesda where, where every once in a while an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters and, and the first person to get in that pool would be healed. Now, it really was an atmosphere that a, a, a TV preacher just dreams about, right? I mean, can you imagine how much Benny Hinn would charge people to get in that pool if, if it was around today? But then one day, somebody better than an angel or a televangelist comes along. His name is Jesus, and he's, he's a friend of sinners. He's a compassionate man. He's the divine healer. And something strange happens. The divine healer looks at this man and asks a seemingly insensitive question. He says, do you want to be made well? I mean I almost I read that and I almost want to look at Jesus and say what are you thinking you know you almost expect this man to look back at Jesus and say no I really enjoy lying here being completely unable to move but the answer may not be as obvious as it seems Jesus wanted to know did the man really want to be made well or not You see, these men and those around him may picture us. He had legs, but they couldn't support him. He was powerless. The blind sitting there, they had eyes, but they couldn't see. Maybe you have spiritual life right now, but you don't have spiritual health and in your situation whatever spiritually debilitating thing that is in your life right now that obstacle that you just can't seem to get past to get get on a right track with god whether it be the pain and disappointment of the past or or if it's the 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 apathy and complacency of your heart just just being comfortable or maybe it's some outward obstacle that seems to be in your way God wants to know this morning do you really want to be made well do you really want to change do you really want to be made whole you see this question reveals the first truth about uh, about finding real change in our lives and it's this there has to be a true desire to change You see, this man had waited in that condition for 38 years, and it might have been that all hope had died within him. And you know, that man might have been content to remain in that, in that, in that position as an invalid. I mean, after all, if he were cured, he would have to bear the responsibility of making a living for himself, right? I mean, after 38 years, I'm sure he's used to sitting around and begging and letting others do for him. You know, the people there are people who often find a sense of security in being unable to do for themselves, right? Because someone else will do the work. Someone else will do the worry for me. If I just remain comfortable and where I'm in, what, what I'm used to, then then I don't have to worry about all that other stuff. You see, being well holds more accountability. And that's why inactivity can become so attractive. Because that complacency, it can bring a real sense of comfort. But this question, it it really probes even deeper. Notice Jesus didn't ask him, Do you want me to
1: fix your legs? He says,
0: do you really want to be well? It denotes a sense of complete health. It's, it's what the Jews, their word shalom. Now, you may have heard that word shalom before is simply, well, that's how Jews greet, greet each other. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a wish for a blessing of wholeness in a person's life in every aspect of their life that there would be a wholeness a wealth, wellness a healthiness in their life so jesus is asking do you want shalom do you, do you want to really be whole you see jesus doesn't deal in partial cures he, he's not what we'd call a specialist because you know what we are so prone to say lord fix my leg
1: but not my life Fix
0: my home, but not my attitude. Fix my finances, but not my sense of discipline and responsibility. God, fix my church, but not my commitment. (laughs) You see, the desire that God is looking for in your life, that desire for change, is not simply a desire where you get to pick and choose what you want changed in your life. He is looking for a desire for wholeness. Do you want to be made well? Do you want wholeness? See, God's healing power couldn't be let loose until this man assumed the responsibility of choosing life and risking the possibility of a complete transformation. See, even God can do very little for us if we are comfortable with our place in life. Too often, we, we plod along in our debilitating condition, craving to be healed, but resisting the change that God really wants to bring to our lives. Carl Sandburg once said, There is an eagle within me that wants to soar the heights of the heavens, but there is a hippopotamus in me that also wants to wallow in the mud. And the question that Jesus posed is just as relevant today. Do you want to be made well? God, this morning, he's, he's looking at the desire of your heart and asking the question behind the question, what do you really want out of life? What do you really need with God? See, a lot of people think that God is like this this happiness capsule, Well, if I just take a little of God in this area of my life and and have a little over there in this area of my life, then then I'll have happiness. And that's what a lot of people are seeking from Jesus. But, But he's not a happiness capsule, people. He is the way to the Father. And his way is not through bringing isolated happiness to our lives, but through bringing wholeness to our lives. So, So what is the desire of your heart in in wanting God to change you, in wanting God to do something in you? Well, God is looking for a desire for wholeness. The second truth is this. In bringing about change and wholeness, there is a command to be obeyed. Look in verse 12 with me. They asked him, "Who is the man who said to you, take up your pallet and walk?" Well, actually we can go back to verse 8. Jesus said to him, "Arise, take up your pallet and walk." You know, really this is a twofold response. First, Jesus says there's something to abandon. There's
1: something to abandon.
0: Verse 7 says the sick man answered him and said sir I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up But while I am coming another steps down before me the man's excuse for failure Was I can't get into the pool? There is no one to help me if I could just get into the pool You see while desiring change this man limited Jesus to his own condition and his own circumstances The thought was, is Jesus, if you'll just help me get into the pool, I'll be all right. Jesus, I know what needs to be done. And if you'll just follow my lead, do what I need you to do, then everything will be okay. If if you'll just bless me by doing this for me, if you'll help me just just a little bit, I think I can handle the rest. It's all good. But you see, Jesus didn't get him into the pool. Jesus made the pool unnecessary. (laughs) But this man had to abandon his own thoughts about what he thought needed to be done for him to be healed. And Jesus also told him in verse 12 to to take up his pallet. That thing that he had leaned on, that thing he had depended on for years, it had to be folded up and put away. And the point is, are you willing to abandon your thoughts about what you think needs to be done in your life for everything to be okay? Are you willing to fold up and pack away the inadequate methods for finding a solution and bringing real change into your life? Do you really want to be made well? But in this command, there's not only something to be abandoned, there was also something to attempt. Jesus says, fold up your pallet and walk. Now that that command is impossible, right? I mean, this man just confessed his inability to Jesus to walk, and Jesus just straight out tells him, walk.
1: Something we need to realize about the
0: commands of God, every command... Is a promise. Every command comes with a promise that God will supply all that we need to do what He has told us to do. You see, with the command comes the power to obey if we are willing. You know, it was the same with with Peter when when out on that boat in the middle of the sea. you, You remember the story. He saw Jesus walking on the water, and and he asked Jesus to call him out there to him. And so Jesus says, yeah, come on, Peter. Come on out to me. And, And Peter walks on the water. But he did it on the foundation of the command of Jesus, come to me. You see, the word of God conveys power. That simply means that there is no excuse for not being all that God intended us to be. There is no excuse for the debilitating condition that we find ourselves in, whether it's the the pain and the disappointment of the past or whether it's the complacency and mistrust that we have in our hearts. You see, this week, maybe even right now here in this place, God is going to say something to you. It's going to be a word of command dealing specifically with your wholeness, something to abandon and something to attempt. And the issue then, when that moment comes, when he calls for you, is obedience. In your desire for healing, will you take up your mat? Will you abandon all those things that you're used to and counting on for your healing? And will you fold that up, put it away, and will you do what seems to be the impossible and walk according to the word of God? See, in, in verse 9, it says, And immediately the man became well and took up his pallet and began to walk. The response is immediate. Don't, don't wait for a feeling. This isn't about feelings. This is about faith. Don't, don't worry about getting into the pool. Don't worry about waiting until circumstances seem to be better or more, more favorable. See, in the process of change and of healing and of of, of obtaining wholeness, there must not only be a desire, but there's got to be a dedication to the command. The third truth about change is this. We have an obligation to fulfill. Verse 14, Jesus found the man in the temple and said to him, Behold, you have become well. Do not sin anymore so that nothing worse May before you. You see the the command for the man to walk that enabled that man to, to walk, and, and this command to sin no more is also accompanied by the power to fulfill it. You say, "Well, don't don't sin, don't sin. I, I mean, that's impossible, is it? Does that mean we're never going to sin again? That that you know? I, I don't see how we can do that. Well, simply. I don't believe it. it really means don't see. You say, well, that's what it says.
1: But, you know, the Proverbs
0: and Jesus both say a dog returns to its vomit. Okay? In other words, Jesus is telling this man, don't go back and revisit your old ways of life. Okay? When God has healed you and brought wholeness to you, throw away the mat don't lean on the crutches anymore live in the fullness of the healing that's been given to you you see there's a danger in doing that because jesus says there in verse 14 he says so that nothing worse may befall you well there's there's something worse than being being 38 years a cripple yes sinning after being made whole It's worse. You see, you you never miss what you never had, but but once you have have experienced it, you are never satisfied without it. Turn over in your Bibles to Second Peter.
1: Second Peter chapter two beginning in verse twenty.
0: Peter says, "For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior uh, of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. For it would have been better for them to have not known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment delivered to them. It has happened to them according." To the true proverb, a dog returns to its own vomit, and a sow, after washing, returns to wallowing in the mire. You see, it's better to not have known the fullness of life than to have known it and then to lose it. It's better not to have been at the top at all than to be there and fall. And you know what? That's what makes the stories of Samson and King Saul... And Judas, so pitiful, because of, of where they had been, what they had experienced. And so when God grants you wholeness and healing, a, a real life change, live in the fullness of it. The, the wholeness that, that God offers to you, that Christ offers to, to, to us, it's greater than our physical world. It has to do with the sickness of our souls. St. Augustine said, we are all restless until we find our rest in thee. And you know what? That's what God offers to us in Christ. He offers us rest. (laughs) Rest for our souls. But maybe, maybe you have something different in mind. Something more material, something more tangible. If so maybe we don't really want to be made well after all. And Jesus asks the question this morning, do you really want to be made whole? And folks, I believe he deserves an honest answer. Healing will come on God's terms, not ours. And it's really a question of faith. Can you trust God to change you without you trying to manipulate the results? Can can you let go of your own fear of change and allow God to make all things new in you? A a new way of living. I mean, isn't isn't that the message of Jesus Christ? A new way of living, a new way of doing things. You see, if you really want to be made well, you have to cooperate with God's power. Jesus said to the man, arise, take up your pallet, and walk. And you know that's, that's his invitation to you and me this morning? Maybe you're here and, and, and you would say, you know, I, I, I know that Jesus died on a cross for my sins. I know that he rose from the grave again. I, I've heard those stories, but, but I've never trusted him as my Savior and, and lived a life of faith and trusting him day by day. For my salvation, for my security, for, for everything in my life, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be mental, whether it be spiritual, everything. You've never trusted Jesus Christ. And, and this morning you would say, yeah, I want to do that. God's calling out to you. He's saying, "Arise, take up your pallet, throw this old life away, and be made well."
1: Christian, hmm. what is it? What is that thing in your life that's holding you back? That's been holding you back. You know, you
0: might say, "Well, then it's, it's been so many years." I've lived in this condition so long, you know, I, I just think it's, it's too late to change. This man was 38 years in this condition. And Jesus still worked his power in this man. Listen, it's not too late today.
1: You say, well, I've just gotten comfortable with it. I don't know how to live any other way. Let Jesus show you. Let him show you. Maybe today you just there's
0: something in your life that you need to fold up and you need to throw it away. And you need to walk with Jesus in a new way of life. This altar's open. If you want to come down and pray, Peter's gonna come up and play for us. An invitation, you can go ahead and get ready. You want to pray with me? If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your Savior, you don't know how to do that, you can come talk to me. I'm going to ask Toddle as well because some of you don't know me real well. You say, I don't want to talk to a stranger. Toddle's going to be down here. You talk to Toddle. But listen, the man immediately got up. Don't wait. If God's saying something to you today, don't wait. You be obedient to him and you watch as he works his power in your life.